0: Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to By the Numbers. James Carlson once again joined by a uh, Grand Mufti of TRS Alex uh McHamed. We're going to be uh, <laughs> be discussing some haram topics today and issuing some fatwas <laughs> about the social conditions in America. Uh
1: yes, actually, yes, we like to issue a fatwa against every baby boomer on the entire continent.
0: Yes. <laughs> so Alex, it was uh, for the audience it was funny. I uh, start the call with Alex today everyone and the first thing he says to me is, I I woke up when I opened the Yahoo comment section. Immediately, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 I don't know why you do that. So do that. I don't know why I do morning, that
1: either. I really don't know why you even look at this, because I, I understand how they are. Like I, I get it. They are anti-union. They are anti-public health care, and they are pro-genocide of Arabs. I understand. They've been like this for my entire life. Nothing has changed. No new information has entered into their calculations. They're just... They're just awful people. They're just the worst.
0: Yeah, but there's so much. I, I mean, the reason you do it, I think, the reason that we all do it is because there's so much catharsis in it. You're just like, ah.
1: I it's mean, I would catharsis mixed with horror.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, again, uh, as as we said on the Boomer Show, uh, hating dear Boomer is the most satisfying form of hate. And you just, I, I don't know. I, you just can't get enough of it. I mean, hell, we're already doing it again, and we we're doing a show that's not about boomers at all. <laughs> I
1: know. I know when they're they're when they're all dead, I'll probably still be talking about them. I'm
0: like, ah, oh, I know. I yeah, I will too. Boomers. I'll be, I'll be sitting on a porch in my old years. just going to be like, hi, hey, let me tell you. No, I'll be, I'm down like
1: a fucking graveyard with a sledgehammer, like looking at dates on gravestones and just smashing all of them.
0: <laughs> you want to eliminate them from history, eh?
1: <laughs> Scrub from history. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I might, I might not protest. I might not, uh, I might not protest that, to be honest. But, uh, to to use the boomers to transition to the topic, you know, on our last show we talked heavily about how the boomers were sort of these perpetually drunk, cocaine-addled sex teens. Yeah. Uh, which all the which all the data shows, but
1: yeah, add, add that to the litany of sins that they already have accumulated for themselves. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> that's, that's just kind of the. The, the bottom of the pile there my god um but that sort of ties into this broader narrative narrative and it's one you've discussed more publicly and we've talked about for a long time behind the scenes which is sort of this assumption that young people like all women are whore young women are whores and either all young men are incels or or all young men are chasing irresponsible part. Like there's all of these sort of confused uh, social perceptions around sex. And particularly in our politics, people just sort of make declarations without evidence.
1: Well, it's an extremely online phenomenon. If you interact heavily with internet, you may, you may end up with distorted thinking.
0: Yeah. Well, the problem is everyone my age, you know, everyone who's Zoomer interacts heavily with the Internet, which is why even so many normal young men have this perception that every woman is a whore. Because of TikTok and Snapchat, and I mean, it's just sort of all pervasive, but the data actually doesn't back this up, which is the important thing. It's why we're doing the episode.
1: It's it's weird as a millennial to think about this. because I didn't really think too hard when I was younger about whether or not somebody was a whore. Like, I was aware that whores were a thing. There's such a thing as a slut, but I kind of, as a, as a young male looking to get laid, I just sort of conceptualized women in terms of like, well, is it possible for me to get with this woman? <laughs> <laughs> Feasibility. Like, yeah. Yeah. Is this a feasible thing? It's not so much like, is is she a whore who slept with 50 dudes? Like, can I potentially sleep with this woman? <laughs> I don't know. My, I think my calculations are a bit different than the extremely online community. Oh, absolutely.
0: uh, Absolutely. Mine are mine. Certainly are too. I've never, uh, I mean,
1: this this dialogue that I see them engage in, they will talk, they, they will talk about the situation in a way that is frankly, really alien to the lived experiences of actual young males throughout most of history. Like they'll talk about needing to find a good woman to get married and start a family. And I'm like, When you're a young male, you're essentially a ball of hormones and that's not really what you're thinking about for the most part. Like you wanna you wanna find a woman and get laid and potentially form some kind of relationship. The whole idea of like the family and all of that stuff, that's further on down the road. Like it's not really at the forefront of your thinking. At least it wasn't for me.
0: I mean, you and I have talked about this in in private multiple times. We want to do a whole show on this eventually, but there's sort of this and again, it's a hyper online conception, but I've I also hear guys my age say it in sort of the the real world, for lack of a better term, which is sort of this belief that people used to get married at fifteen, seventeen, eighteen, when for men in the West, the historic age of of first marriage was about twenty four to twenty six. Yeah. Like you, you went through adolescence, you went to college or doing your trade. And sort of this whole time, you'd have two or three historically two or three uh, sexual partners before you'd actually find a wife. Yeah. That is actually normal for our it civilization.
1: Is. That's that's a fairly normal pattern, and uh, it's, it's called the, like what is it? The late marriage pattern, the Western li- pattern. Yeah, late
0: marriage, Western like European marriage pattern. Yeah. Basically, yeah, when you hit the German border <laughs> and go west.
1: Now I've had Spurgs argue with me that that Romans would marry off their children at younger ages, and I'm like, yeah, but you're we're not, not Romans. Like, you're not Itali- you're not even Italian. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same shit that I get whenever people start talking about bodybuilding, and they're like, yeah, but you know the Greeks had these sculptures and they were into it. It's like, yeah, but you're not five foot two. You're not a Greek. <laughs> <laughs> like, and and those were manlets. Those were all manlets. Every sculpture you saw was a manlet. Like, and I've people done this. I've actually gone. Back then. I've looked up like the actual like heights of something like a a Greek soldier from the, the relevant time period. And they're short. They are fucking short, like five foot four.
0: Oh, yeah. Every I mean, generally, people were much shorter back then. We've been getting white. People have been getting steadily taller for a long time.
1: Well, we were always tall. I mean you can you can find like uh Roman accounts of this of how tall the Celts were and how the Celts would just knock you off your horse if you were a Roman. I guess I guess if you're a Roman it, it was like you were on a miniature horse anyway, like a little Shetland pony or something.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, true, true. But um I think uh just sort of generally disabusing people of these ridiculous narratives is a benefit. Because I, I uh Frankly, I get a little sick of it, not because, you know, again, I've said it on many shows. I said it on TDS the other day when I was on TDS. um, I'm 24. I'm generally very sympathetic to men my age, but I become very unsympathetic when they when they say shit that isn't actually borne out in reality. And, you know, one of the in fact, my favorite (laughs) my favorite uh, bit of numbers that we got, which was from the California Health Survey, was that. While 18 to 30 year old men were most likely to have not had for a sexual partner in a year. So 43% of men reported no sexual partner within the prior 12 months compared to only 33% of women.
1: I would have lost my mind if that had happened to me. I, 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 when I was in that age group as a younger male, I was not going to be in that kind of dry spell. I would make arrangements. I would find some way out of it. Make arrangements. Get what we would call a fuck buddy if you had to, but it's just, it, it's not good for your, your like brain and personality if you go into dry spell. It's like your, it's like some part of your lizard brain starts to tell you that maybe, maybe you're just not fit as a human being and you, you start to malfunction. It's not good. You don't want to be in a dry spell.
0: Absolutely have to agree, but I won't go into, <laughs> won't go into my personal life here, Alex. <laughs> I'm losing my mind because I haven't well, gotten any a while. Let me tell you, I've been <laughs> I've been single since March, and sometime in September, sort of when the cold weather began to blow in, I started to feel really single. Yeah. Uh, so I've uh, I've uh, recently rectified that situation, but let's not go into detail. Well, yeah, it's it's, um, it's it's
1: it's basic bitch October. So now you get to like. You you get the the pumpkin lattes and stuff, and then you go to the pumpkin patch and you go to the apple orchard. Yeah, it's a great time of the year. Actually, like dating during October is fun. That is a good time to have a girlfriend for sure.
0: That's one a lot. It's it's uh, it's, it's a big, wonderful th- time. That's a it's a big social media trend. Actually, girls posting about getting their like holiday boyfriend, which is yeah. funny. Um, I'm I'm happy to benefit from this trend. Yeah. Fact ho- am, holiday but,
1: boyfriend, holiday side piece, all the same. And
0: who cares? But anyway fascinatingly men were much more likely to have had more than two sexual partners in a calendar year than women. And
1: this uh, is, a- so, so I saw this was popping up when we were looking at boomer sexual patterns. Like apparently there are whores and they just get passed around the same group of men. Like the, the men, yeah, are op-
0: essentially that is the, essentially that is what the data seems to show.
1: And yes. I've encountered some literal ho-bags before in my
0: well, time. I think we all have.
1: In fact, I probably was one. Yeah, I think technically I am a ho-bag myself. But um, <laughs> they do exist. It's just it feels that they are the presence of them is vastly overstated.
0: Well, like, social media is what – contra- so this is my – this is sort of – we're going to do a lot of armchair psychologizing in this episode as well. Um, sort of my armchair theory for this is that – you have Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, and you see women on these platforms, young women who look like whores, and they do, you know, sort of whoreish things, shaking, yeah, shaking their ass about whatever. Fine, but that doesn't translate into like actually sleeping with eight people in a month. Right. there, uh, there right. is absolutely no evidence I could find. Anywhere that that is the case.
1: And the other thing is, if you are doing that kind of online content, like if you're running an influencer channel or you are producing some sort of visual content of yourself, you're probably so worn out by the process of doing the photography, the video, editing the video, editing the photos, all of this shit, getting the lighting correct, uh, costume, whatever the hell it is you're doing, you know core costume, finding your whore costume for the day. You you probably don't even want to think about sex whenever you're done. And I I know for a fact that even with the OnlyFans crowd, they're like that. Like they put none up None of those women content. are in, there was yeah. a, a we didn't a save it,
0: but we looked at some we looked at a an article about how virtually none of them are actually in any kind of they don't actually engage in any kind of human interaction.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like the OnlyFans girls. A lot of that stuff is solo. I you like you know anything you know, about porn, solo category, it's solo, and they're not actually fucking a bunch of dudes. And they they may not even have a boyfriend.
0: No, they don't. But, most of them don't. <laughs> there are there are a lot of articles about this that they don't date.
1: All they're doing is creating content to get paid. Yeah, yeah. they I mean, it's like they're a sex worker in like the most basic form of sex work, like. Not even having sex. You're just selling the idea of sex.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And you yourself, you're not even interested in it. It's like, well, they like it, so I guess I'll do it. No, it's, it's, for- it's a living. It's a living.
0: It's a living. Shake him about for 15 minutes and then turn yeah. off the phone.
1: Um, yeah, but I mean if you think about it like that is that is actually probably a a job that you get tired of real fast like have to put on the makeup, get the lighting correct, uh, get your wardrobe set up, all of that shit. Do do your recording, do your video editing. Nobody wants to do video editing. That's not fun. It's just drudgery for them. It's not like they're aroused while they're doing it. It's just all an act. I would
0: I would sincerely doubt that.
1: Yeah, it's it's an act. They're having to put on a performance. And I would argue those people are probably less likely to be interested in sex than the average person.
0: Well, I've read a lot of articles where they complain that they can't actually find a meaningful human relationship. And not, the the natural response to that is, "Why well, are you fucking surprised?
1: Yeah. Like, well, that's the other thing. It's like if you are doing a, an online persona where you pretend to be aroused, and how, how do you turn that off and then engage like authentically with a person? like you it's it's like why, it's like it's like, dating, like an actor or an re- actress.
0: why would you expect people to respect you in the first place
1: yeah well that's the other problem is nobody that's where to, i
0: come from this, yeah like, nobody
1: wants to date an only fans whore like
0: right, <laughs> why why am i why am i supposed to have any respect for you to begin with yeah. um but
1: because yeah, if if she, if she tells you that she does only fans you're gonna be like uh what
0: <laughs> yeah well exactly everyone.
1: what no oh, thanks um, so don't, 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 why don't you get a, a real job you know get a real job like take a blueberry. real job you that need was, to get a real job and you need to start investing in the stock market and buy some real estate and then you need to learn to love Israel God
0: please no, please no. <laughs> I can't Alex I can't not with Israel anymore I've written like three articles and seven posts and oh my God I need a break from Israel uh, I'm going to get I'm am gonna get ai going to get lynched for saying that Mike's going to
1: yeah, I don't want to I don't want to derail too much with the boomers saying that because Hamas is in power, all the Palestinians voted for it. Therefore, they should be uh, ethnically cleansed. I don't want to get into that debute, uh, <clears throat> debate, debate, <laughs> debate. Anyway, back back to the OnlyFans whores <laughs> who probably aren't actually whores.
0: Well, so that's the thing. So th- this is sort of the core. You called it hyper reality the other day, which is the word that I was missing is. Everyone is being tricked by hyper reality. There are yeah,
1: yeah, the sex that, that you're being hit with is hyper reality. Like it's an accentuated Correct. form of an evocation of sex, even though the thing itself is completely distanced from, from sex. Right. It's actually really interesting from a postmodern perspective because it's like you've got people who they themselves are not even having sex. They're, they're producing only fans content or Instagram e And it's just images that they have carefully edited and modified to to titillate it's
0: been curated
1: yeah but they themselves aren't engaged in sex you're not going to have sex with them it's it's like it's all an illusion it's all an exaggerated illusion yes but with it's it's probably bad for your brain to look at that stuff so if you are you should likely stop i don't know
0: oh yeah absolutely there's there's a mountain of evidence that uh porn isn't good for the brain as far as i'm aware but um i think the i think the the more damaging aspect of it is that it's sort it's sort of warping social expectations yes that we're, we're getting this class of people who believe that hyper reality is reality yeah. and that you know, every girl you're going to go on a date with might have an OnlyFans. and
1: yeah you know, so but the online world has really had an impact on dating and relationships. And I, oh, yeah. I, I was there during a very pivotal time when you were just beginning to get stuff like AOL instant messenger that came about, what was the late nineties, early two thousands. I remember being on aim, um, MySpace, all of this stuff was starting to come about. So you're starting to get social media. And of course, somebody had email, believe it or not. We used to email women. Did you know that? Anyway, I didn't know
0: that. Holy shit.
1: Yeah. Writing
0: an email.
1: Let me, let me tell you, I've got some, uh, some stuff in my old email folders that would blow your hair back. But anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) might want to archive that and (laughs) move it. Well, that was the funny thing. I was, I was digging through an old folder. I was like, wait, wait a minute. It's like, I remember this girl, oh my God, I have this oh, and then i I looked her up and I was like, oh man, if someone ever wanted to do revenge porn th- this would be so devastating. Thank God I'm not that kind of person. Did she get ugly um she was very cute actually, very
0: hot. no, but when you looked her up, did she get ugly?
1: No, she became a a respectable person, thank God, thank God, uh she became a respectable person and a housewife as near as I could tell. And I, th- I think maybe she runs like an apple orchard. So there you go.
0: <laughs> That's a fantastic evolution.
1: Yeah, I know. She she got her her life together.
0: That's a fantastic evolution.
1: But anyway, this I don't want to go on too much of a digression about my former, uh, what do you call them?
0: I'm I am uh, distinctly avoiding talking about when I was a teenager.
1: Yeah, but anyway,
0: <laughs> the, the point I wanted to get to. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that.
1: Not instead of talking about the notches on my bedpost. Uh, the thing I want to talk about was the. It felt like there was a this very narrow window of time where you could use the internet to connect to women like that. You could break the ice really easy because of the internet, uh, kind of get to know them online mm-hmm. and then hang out in real life and use that as like a bridge to hanging out in real life. Cause at that time, most of us, we were still oriented more towards actual real life activity being in the real world. Like the internet was something that we just kind of did on the side, right? We weren't raised by the internet. We didn't grow up with the internet. The internet was something that developed while we were young and we used it as a tool. We used it as a tool and it provided opportunities to get into relationships with people like me and my brother and pretty much everybody we knew. We would meet women online and oftentimes this would turn into dating them for an extended period of time. But it seems that over time this has shifted so now everyone is growing up on the internet and it's not really a tool anymore it's not like people tend to use it to to orchestrate doing a real life activity or making a real life connection instead it just becomes a thing in itself that you you're just online you're just online like that's the world to you now
0: yes and it it warps people's expectations in fact we had a the Scientific American article specifically talked at one stage about how people are using not just sort of, uh, not just sort of, you know, social media vicariously, but also video games, also dating apps, uh, even content like Netflix, all of this stuff has just sort of interrupted any sort of, socialization process where people would move off of uh talking to each other on the internet and into the real world yeah yes
1: yeah because this- yeah, it felt like in my generation like the, the real world was the, the place right and the internet right. was sort of like a little distraction that you went and played with for a little while and you used the internet to set up stuff in the real world and now it's like oh you just hang out online why would you hang on in person why would you do stuff in person
0: Well, you literally, I mean, I, I have had, uh, now I am going to get into my, my own history. I have had, I dare not call them relationships, but I have had encounters with women where literally the only time I met them in person was sex. Like every other bit of conversation.
1: So have I James, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) every other bit of conversation occurred over the phone. Yeah. Like Snapchat. I mean, God, I can't even open my Snapchat folder. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm admitting, should sure I should
1: That's like me through my old emails, like, oh man. Yeah. But okay. Of course, my the, the image quality of my old emails is going to be much worse than yours.
0: I well, I don't know. I have okay. a God. My Samsung phone is like six years old. I don't, <laughs> I don't get rid of phones until they literally like blow up in my hand. I will use this thing until it falls apart. Um.
1: It's just yeah. My, Anyway, I, I think that's kind of the, the the observation I have as a as a forty year old guy is like the the internet has started to warp people. And my generation wasn't warped by the internet; we had other problems. Because I really want to push back on this idea that all those millennials they had it so easy, and all the women then they were virgins and and have all the problems that my generation has. Like I don't I don't think that anybody would be envious of the sort of life history that I've had or the life history of most of my cohorts it was not fun and games it was i was
0: gonna say i have a i have my older brother is uh actually he just turned 31 he's pretty solid millennial and everything that i know from him and his friends uh there were a lot of sort of social disease drug issues with drug issues huge
1: huge problem uh,
0: it was definitely not rosy
1: Um, All of us can think of people who have died of drug overdoses or people very close to us who have struggled with drug addictions for a long time. The drug drug epidemic was – it hit right about the same time as we were getting all of the internet stuff, and opiates were everywhere, literally everywhere.
0: See, Uh, for people my age, we don't all know a drug addict unless you count marijuana. We don't all know drug addicts, but we do all know a tranny, Alex. (laughs)
1: Right. yeah i mean the war is different
0: <laughs> <laughs> we all know a tranny and a lot of us know an only fans for i know i i know yeah. one i went to school with
1: but when i was younger it was like if you had a female friend and you went to a party or something she always had drugs in her purse like drugs were just a super high abundance. like this was before the, the crackdown on uh opioids and pills and things like that stuff was just all over the place and that was that caused a lot of real human carnage. It was a—it's not what I would call an ideal time to be looking for a relationship either.
0: Oh, definitely not. But what's interesting is you guys were still having a lot more sex then. True. Um, I, true. To go back to Scientific American, between 2009 and 2018, the proportion of adolescents, so people under 18, reporting no sexual activity either alone or with partners rose from 28.8% to 44.2% among young men and from, and from 49.5% to 74% among young women.
1: So wait a minute. Are you saying that the women actually aren't whores
0: again? Well, so this is something we'll see that's persistent in the data. Just like with the number of sexual partners thing, women have less sex. Young women, they just – all of the data shows this. And I looked – I very specifically looked to see if there were – there was research on people lying on these surveys, if there were even speculative articles or people lying in these self-reports. And I could find no evidence of it. And the data is consistent across multiple reports. I mean, we have the University of of Chicago Chicago General Social Survey. We have Scientific American – we have that uh, the research story that was covered in the L.A. Times by the California Health Survey. I mean, this data is consistent, so there's no reason to believe that it's wrong. And one of the consistencies in the data is that young women have significantly less sexual.
1: Yeah, it's, if you if you actually just start doing searches on this, the, the, there's volumes and volumes of information It's everywhere. Like here's one from the Los Angeles Times from this year. Oh, uh, what was the title? Of this one, failure to launch, while young people are having less sex.
0: Right, and i um, is that the interview one? The one where the uh, I think that has the interview in it.
1: This one, it has uh, Vivian Rhodes. I guess she's a CNA or something, and she's like a virgin at age twenty-eight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I want to. Oh, yeah, this is the yeah. one where it's sort of like a dialogue. Um,
1: yeah, there is there is a very significant rise in the number of people who just are not having sex. Highly right, significant.
0: Within, within that 12-year period. Now, it is worth noting, I, I, I did put this in for balance, 85% of, P, of Gen Zs above 18 have had sex at some point. So it's not like Japan where there's a 40% virgin problem or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, Japan is even even wilder.
0: It's, even, it's, not, it's not like that. However, people are – I do think part of it is that people are more choosy, and there was evidence of this in one of the articles. I think it was the Scientific American, that people are being more choosy in contrast to the boomers. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it, it's also the social alienation – Another thing that was mentioned in the uh, the Herbenick interview was also that young people more than ever are living with their parents, and that does put a massive damper yep. on social life. So there are it, it is there, a, a multi there's there are multivariate trends. Um, so it's that not, are it's
1: a to challenge because I I I would want to speculate that some of this is probably due to declining T levels as well. I feel like that's something that should probably be investigated a little bit more because like I said, it's just theory, but
0: I did look a bit. I did look a bit at that to see if we could pull it into this episode, but it was such a rabbit hole that I, that I didn't, I didn't want to dare start. Yeah. But I would, I I would sort of instinctually agree with that.
1: But motivation is a huge factor. Like I was a homeschooled kid. I lived at home, with my parents into my early twenties and I had a substantial number of sexual partners, more than I really should have. I'm not proud of it. I don't recommend it. But if you're highly motivated, these types of things, they're they're challenges you can surmount, right? If you don't have much drive in the first place, then you're probably just not going to try. And I've observed this in some conversations with people where we start talking, we have a dialogue. And at some point, it becomes obvious the person really isn't that interested in finding a woman, because it's usually men I'm talking to. And they're doing it because they feel there's a social pressure to, like, have a girlfriend and then get married and have children. Like, there's a social pressure, particularly in our politics, that this is a thing you're supposed to do. Uh, There's, like, social status that's uh, associated with that. So you should be pursuing relationships as some sort of material good. And speaking as a person with normal hormone levels, (laughs) that just wasn't part of the calculus whenever I was in my early 20s. It was more like, I need to get laid. Uh, that would be really great if I could meet a nice girl and we could have a nice relationship and I could also get laid all the time. That'd be fantastic. But at the end yeah. of the day, it was like, I need to make sure that I get this taken care of or I'm going to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> lose your mind. Oh, God, Alex. Oh, Lord. I can't. I remember this. I remember the early 20s. It's like, you know, I'm glad that I'm not like that anymore. I Because that, that really made my life complicated. It made me make a lot of bad decisions. Uh, that was not an ideal time. And now, 20 years later, it's like, well, whatever happened to all these women that you slept with? Well, they went on in their separate directions and probably had some ba- baggage they inherited from their relations with me. So there you go. Nobody really won in that scenario, right?
0: <laughs> Alex left a trail of broken hearts and damaged people. Yeah. Just
1: and run. he was damaged himself, which is one of the reasons he did the same to others, which is the problem with that stuff. It gets real messy. Like I said, I don't I I blame think the boomers. It was a, yeah, that kind of that kind of lifestyle is not good in the long run. It's not good. But the crucial thing is that doesn't seem to be what's happening these days. We seem to be moving away from that kind of uh, libidinous like sexual atmosphere.
0: Oh, well, we definitely are in 2021. The that L.A. Times article the young adults are having less sex than their uh, parents or grandparents in Mm -hmm. 2021 the survey found the number of young californians age 18 to 30 who report having no sexual partners in the prior year reached a decade high of 38 percent in 2011 it was only 22 percent that's a hell of a dress bill of young adults who weren't having sex with within a calendar year So that's a that's 16. That's a 16 point jump in a decade.
1: Right. And that definitely pushes back on the idea that everybody is a a whore, that all the women are sluts, especially when you start to break down by gender, because the women are the ones that are having the least amount of sex.
0: Oh, their 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 numbers are uh, their uh, dry spell numbers increased almost uh, almost double what young men's did, Mm -hmm. which I mean, which makes sense. Right. I mean, you're. Regardless of sort of the t
1: te- the old stuff. Well, yeah, well that stuff. makes sense intuitively, yeah, because women have a lower sex drive in general. They just do.
0: They right. Just and do. and and contrary to popular belief, women are more motivated toward uh, relationship formation. Yes. I know. Pe- I know people don't want to hear that, but that is true. <laughs> it is. It is
1: true. Like I said, like my calculations, That's in my early twenties did not really take into account the idea of forming a family, having kids. My wife's did. On some level, she was which is hard to believe, but she she did see me that way as somebody she could eventually have children with, which this was not something that was in my thinking. Women think about that kind of stuff. Men generally don't, which is why the conversations I have with men when they talk about family formation always strike me as a little odd because I'm like, but that's just not how me and my brother or let me, let me any of our cohorts Alex, thought about that.
0: I once ended a relationship. I, it was after I got my first apartment on my own when I was 18 because I, I, I had 18 and I moved out. When I got my first apartment on my own, when I hit eighteen, I had a girlfriend at the time, and I had just like finished putting together all my cheap IKEA furniture, and I got a Snapchat. I wanted the Snapchat read verbatim. I think I want to have a baby. I ended that relationship two days later. Like no.
1: <laughs> I don't think I would have ended <laughs> like, the relationship what? if I'd been in the same oh, situation. I did. I, so I would there, have been there, like, wait, that means like, I, I, I know there's only one way to make a baby. So hell yeah.
0: There were other opportunities lined up. I didn't, I, uh, oh, yeah, there are other,
1: but yeah, but that's, that's, that speaks to what I'm talking about is that generally for males, that's not the calculation that you're making. You're no, definitely the, not. You're being, not until your you've,
0: I, I think, I think for men, again, we're armed here psychologizing, but I enjoy it. I think for men, you have to sort of feel like you've, had some material success before you look toward family formation. And until you've had that material success, you're just having fun.
1: Yeah. 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 And there is that, that element of like, well, you'll know when you're ready. And there's some truth to that. Like there's going to be a part in your life where you, you do finally one day realize like, okay, the logical direction for me to go in at this particular stage in my life is to go ahead and have kids. Like I've I've done everything else that I'm going to do. I have slept with all the hoe bags, uh, been in simulation relationship for a while now, getting older. I, I got to pull the trigger on this one. Like I'm at the stage of maturation in my human life cycle where this is what I should do now.
0: Right. Absolutely. Think- Though there was a, that same survey of Californians did find that even people ab- who are 35 to 50 are having Less sex.
1: less sex. I've seen that, too. Yeah,
0: that went from nine to 14 percent. I mean, Americans in general are just sort of a less sexually active people. But I think when you're 35 to 50 and most of those people are married or in a long term relationship, that is probably a very bad sign. That
1: number. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's that that's what I'm wondering. Work. Is is that indicative of the T-level issues we've talked about are um, or what? Cause that sounds like more like an environmental thing. Like it's got, there's gotta be some component there. Like you can't, I was,
0: I had a couple thoughts. I, I, the T level thing crossed my mind, rampant drug use and sort of the, the massive
1: uh, obesity would be a part too. social,
0: the social disease. Obesity is going to be another part of that. Like, I just think the state of America is, it's <laughs> <is, laughs> precludes people from, uh, yeah. sexual activity in a way
1: yeah yeah and your your lifestyle like obviously if you're more physically active you're outside getting sunlight getting your vitamin d you're probably going to be a little bit better shape than somebody who just sits in an office cubicle all day long
0: well yeah absolutely
1: but yeah anyway um so i guess back to the data here so the it is rather staggering exactly how much People are having less sex now, and it's 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 in such opposition to like the memes you see about oh these women are all whores they're all trash. Like actually, a lot of them are really just female incels at this point. The
0: fem cell thing is very real, um, and it's I have met a couple very attractive fem cells. Uh, I
1: won't go into how upsetting that is, but it. uh it, well, speaking of sexual categories, you see people identifying as as asexual these days.
0: Yeah, that was another thing in one of the interviews. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I I wish that there was age data on that because when I was thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, I knew several asexual people who identified as asexual. Who, you know, by the time they were seventeen, they had totally grown out of that. So mm-hmm. I wish I wish we had age data on that. Um, the other thing is, I uh, I've met asexuals who are they're uh, asexual, but they're they like romance. I've also met I've also met people who are aromantic, but like, like people just sort of pull this crap out of their behind. Yeah, yeah,
1: because a lot of it this still like, affect socialization. Uh, a lot of this self-identification, it, it seems that it's not really genuine. It seems that absolutely not. Yeah. Just kind of like you see people talking about being uh, pansexual, et cetera. Women do this all the time. Like they'll pick like some sort of like non-binary category.
0: Well, so we, we talked about this in the the previous episode when we briefly touched on gay people in the boomer episode, how the, the LGBTQ portion of the population has exploded to like 30% of Gen Z. But the overwhelming majority of that growth, frankly, almost all of that growth, is young women who identify as bisexual, right? And they're, Which, they they just they just do this because it it's social brownie points,
1: basically. Yeah, and they did that back in the nineteen nineties. They did that then too. And oh yeah, from
0: from what I could tell, this has been a growing trend for a long time. Yeah,
1: it's been around forever. Because it's 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 like one of those uh, it's like a, what is it, Havel's Green Grocer, where you put the little sign in the window that says you support the Communist Party. It's it feels very similar to that. It's like no, this person is this person really just wants some dick. But they're going to actually signal like they're bisexual or poly or whatever the fuck, whatever stupid uh, slogan is that they're using in that moment. But they're they themselves, you can tell they're 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 really hetero. Oh yeah, I've, I have. They're really straight. I,
0: I cannot tell you how many girls I've met who are like, oh my gosh, I am a bisexual, and they've I've never seen them express any interest in another woman ever.
1: Um, this, by the way, this is like a thing you can learn from my generation who have spent more time getting laid. Just ignore what women tell you. <laughs> well, I, already, I <laughs> just already ignore that. it. I Here see you. some, so many dudes will get hung up on this kind of thing. Like, well, she said such like, dude, I had women tell me they had a boyfriend and it went in one ear and out the other. And I had sex with them like two weeks later.
0: <laughs> I have to say that I, I give people that same advice all the time. I'm like, and it's not, it's not an anti-woman thing. It's just like, wait, no. I, I don't understand why this it's fucking in terror. A-
1: it's like, like a basic negotiation thing. It's like we pay attention to what they do, not what they say.
0: Well, yeah. Why the fuck do you give? Again, I, I don't give a shit about what's coming out of their mouth. Yeah, like I, I, it just it doesn't. It doesn't bug me. Women say things to to say things. This is just
1: they <laughs> this is basic reality. They do. Like like last night, I asked my wife to get my my son uh some pants and a shirt of a specific color. So she brings them to me. I'm like, yep, that's that's it. that's what I, I want. And then she proceeds to engage in a dialogue about the stuff. I'm like, no, you 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 got me what I wanted. Thank you. I don't need to discuss the pants and the shirt. This is what I was looking for. <laughs> like, why well, why, why do we have to add additional dialogue to this conversation? I just I had a request. You fulfilled the request. Thank you. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> like, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Again, Instead I, of discussing like something about a flannel shirt, it's like, yeah, but you didn't bring me the flannel shirt because I didn't ask for it. You brought me the shirt I was looking for. Thank you.
0: <laughs> task fulfilled. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I, absolutely. Uh, absolutely.
1: W- w- we are task oriented creatures as males, and women engaging in necessary dialogue when you're trying to complete a task is really infuriating to us. Yeah, Maybe we, we should learn know, to be more patient. Understand. You don't, under, don't
0: understand why it's necessary
1: because yeah, it's like you literally you're just slowing me down. I'm trying to go get this kid dressed and try his Halloween costume on him. Well, it's like,
0: like when you go to I, you know I, every every guy who's been in any kind of long-term relationship knows that you never go to a grocery store with your yeah. wife or your partner because it is literally a nightmare.
1: Yeah, or being asked like questions constantly. Well, what do you think about like I literally do not care. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I have No opinion. On.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, You're making me happy that I've been single since March at the moment. Yeah, Uh,
1: and it can be frustrating.
0: But this actually brings up another uh, armchair topic we wanted to get into, because you had found um, an article about how women are, to some degree, abandoning the girl boss attitude.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. They're calling it uh, Snail Girl. Yeah. I've got to pull that up.
0: I have, it. I just threw it in the chat. Uh, it's the green matter article. Yeah. I've noticed this just anecdotally on social media. I call it the Lulu lemon girl trend. Right. Which is, which is basically that women have realized that being uh, wage slaves doesn't work for them very well.
1: Yeah. So this Figure. is going to kick off a really interesting discussion. Um, yeah. So the, the conclusion that I think we both reached this independently because you were saying that, right. Um, I don't know. We'll get to that next bit here in a second. But the the girl boss thing, them abandoning that, it seems to indicate that they are just not happy with the way society is structured. Like nobody is actually happy with the system. It's just not. working. Well,
0: there's there's a load of polling on it. There's a load of polling on how women are more unhappy than they have ever been, and they're substantially less happy than men.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because in the interests of capitalism you took these sort of like social categories, these gender roles that have existed for thousands of years and just threw them in the trash overnight. Like what did you expect to happen? Right, and so there's
0: there's actually a, I, I have it here. I've had this for years actually, 2 years. There's a National Bureau of Economic Research paper on this by uh Blankflower and Bryson which uh, the core of the paper is that we have had sort of maximum feminism for the past 35 years. And the more we lean into this as a society, the more substantially unhappy women become.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I know there's stuff from uh, like Sweden and the Netherlands where they would give women options and then they choose the ones that actually align with their gender roles. Most of the time, if it's, if it's voluntary, you've just let them pick.
0: Yes. Yeah, so there is a rather famous Swedish study that I am, Completely blanking on
1: I'm, that's uh, got to be the title,
0: but it's it's it is the same study you're talking about, which is essentially that when in contrast to America, which has a very sort of structured uh, social force telling women you need to go to college, you need to get a job, you need to have a career, like it's a very deliberate structure that's been sort of scaffolded up for women that makes them unhappy. Whereas in Sweden that the, the options exist, but the pressure doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause Kevin McDonald would, would tell you that they're very individualistic. It's all about your individualism. So you tend to give individuals more, more options to, to really do what they want.
0: Right. And in, in the society where, where choice is, I sound like a libertarian, but where sort of personal path choice is, Maximize women overwhelmingly choose to be a nurse, be a Mm -hmm. teacher, be a stay-at-home mom. Like they're not, they're not the girl boss thing.
1: That's what I specifically remembered is they tend to gravitate towards nursing as a career path. Right. Like that's just naturally what they want to do.
0: The girl boss thing, and again, yeah, obviously I live in Sweden at the moment. I've I've noticed I've written about this highly anecdotally on my uh, my uh, personal meme channel on telegram carlson tonight um women in scandinavia in particular but in europe in general are much more feminine than american women they actually dress nice they actually wear dresses. like i i just like being around european women <laughs> they're, they're, they're girly they're not stupid but they're 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 much more feminine and it's very nice you still with us? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. A, All right, great, everybody. We're back. Uh, solar eclipse hit Alex's house. Uh, yeah. So that's why there's a there's an incongruence here about 44 minutes into the show. Anyway.
1: Oh <laughs> I man, it, it hasn't happened yet. I was, I just, I didn't know there's a solar eclipse today. Apparently, wow, it's not even worth mentioning because by the time you hear this, it will have already happened. But it's not going to happen again until like 2039 or something.
0: I won't. I'll be 39 then, so
1: I won't be that old.
0: Thank God. Um, uh. be able to enjoy it. Uh.
1: I'll be old as fuck. <laughs> All right, where were we? We were talking about. We were. Uh, we were getting. Snowballs. Snowballs. We're talking about the snowballs.
0: Yes. Building up to the. We're building up to sort of the the hot take crescendo of the episode. You have your women are embracing their snail girl. See, I've never heard this term before. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard snail girls, so you're gonna have to explain this a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Apparently this came about twenty fourteen or so. I don't have that article right in front of me at the moment. Wait, there it is. Snail girl era. Um oh, what is this? While working, I often get struck with what I call a hot take. It will float into one side of my brain, and once it's bounced around in there for a minute or so, I'm often compelled to share it. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, this this started, I guess, around 2018. It's a, it's a, the, the article I'm reading. Snow Girl Era: Why I'm Slowing Down, Choosing to Be Happy Rather Than Busy. It's it's about like one of these girl bosses who creates her own business and then decides it's it's just not worth it and slows down. Now I don't know that this means she's slowing down and, and planning to get married and have kids, but clearly being a successful girl boss is not making them happy. Like oh, they're no, not—they're not finding fulfillment in this lifestyle.
0: I could open my phone right now, open TikTok, and scroll for a, a minute or two and find some girl who's like literally crying that she hates going to university. And I'm sympathetic to that. You know you. you <laughs> <laughs> your, you, your brain got fucked with, honey. That's why you're there. That's why you're miserable. Um, I'm I'm highly simple, uh, sympathetic to you being miserable. Now, if only you would abandon all the models, modern social programming we could get somewhere.
1: Well, yeah, because you would need to start to critique and unpack, like, well, why is it that I'm miserable and I'm in college? Right. Why is it that everybody is told they need to go to college? Why is it that you have to get full employment out of both men and women in this late stage capitalist hellscape. Like, why is that a thing? Why did women get pushed into into the labor force? And we know why, like we know that this, this is a, a key component of keeping wages low, basically putting pressure on the labor pool. Like there's a lot of very rational capitalist reasons for why you would do this, but it's awful for the actual population, for, like, actual human beings. It's terrible. And right. it's it's amazing how you've upended, like, so many thousands of years of gender roles, roles where people felt some level of fulfillment. They were adapted to them. And we got to throw all of that away so that we can keep our GDP rising here in the United States and elsewhere.
0: Right. And this, you know, we're going to talk about one specific manifestation of this, but it manifests in other ways. You know, I always think about. If you remember the 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 do the boy, the teenage boy who was like asexual or bi gender, a tranny, whatever this dude was, and he raped his female classmate in the bathroom, I think it was in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And the the boy's mother comes out and says, "Well, that girl was fifteen, the same age as my son. She could have just defended herself." Like, I I I seriously believe that we have so de our society, late stage capitalism, and sort of postmodern this whole apparatus. We have so deconstructed the idea that men and women are inherently different to people that that woman literally. Believed what she was saying that like a fifteen-year-old yeah. girl stood a chance against her son.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's probably how she was thinking about it.
0: I mean, I I've met people. I I, I love explaining this to people, watching their faces go dumb. That your average fourteen-year-old boy. I'm not even talking about a fourteen-year-old boy who lifts. I'm talking about your average fourteen-year-old boy can overpower most grown women.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And also th- beat them at soccer. <laughs>
0: It's just, yeah, yeah. I love the soccer story. That it's just reality. But um, sort of related to our topic, I don't remember exactly who found it, but it it was related to the girl boss thing, which is that one of the reasons they suspect that uh, people are current. Some people are very reticent about sex in the modern era is the the rough sex trend. Is sort of the the rough in the bedroom trend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my armchair theorizing on this, and I, I, I will stick to this, I will die on this hill, is that the only time that men and women get to play out our roles as men and women are in the bedroom. So the idea of being manly and the idea of being feminine has turned into a sex kick.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, that's now like a kink is to have right. like a gender role.
0: Yes, it's 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 they, they're kinks, they're perversion, they're perversions,
1: essentially. <laughs> yeah, cause I, I think that we were reading about this and had the same conclusion independently. Like,
0: yeah, at the same time, which is kind
1: yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like reading about it. I'm like, this sounds like the Jungian idea of like the shadow self, like you consciously repress these desires and tendencies. And then they just come bubbling up in the form of like very intense, like subconscious desires. Which in this case right. would be like a, a kink where you want to be uh, choked in the bedroom. You want you want to be dominated.
0: What's well, overwhelmingly women who want yeah. to be they want to be choked. They want to be hit. That was one article I was reading. There's this there's this huge uptick in women who want to be
1: like physically assaulted. <laughs> I have run into this kind of stuff, and it goes back a surprisingly long ways. Like. Twenty years ago, it was like this. I well, had one we, that we've, wanted, been
0: the, we've been on this trajectory.
1: Yeah, they, they wanted to be, and I always thought it was fucking weird. Like, you want to be choked, um, biting stuff like that. I'm like, I look, I'm just trying to get off. I don't want to play these fucking games, <laughs> and I sure as hell don't want to be bit <laughs> or have to bite somebody else. Like, no. <laughs> but yeah, hey. that I, I actually I saw it with uh, all girl campuses too i remember it being a thing there i'm like what the fuck
0: (laughs) well again you know women there's i we even had an article in our thing that women and obviously any man with any conscious knows this women do crave some level of male authority now again and i wrote this in our chat. i am not saying that in for the spurgs out there who are going to read into this i am not saying that men should be hauling off and hitting women in everyday life calm yourselves, people.
1: They have to, I mean, as we discussed earlier in the show, they have trouble making decisions. They want you to make the decision.
0: Right. Women want to be led. They want authority. They want someone who's in in the lead, which, again, that's just natural. But our society precludes that to a very great great degree.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and if you let them choose a direction of lead, it goes in bad, bad, bad (laughs) direction.
0: To talk about blowing up the highway. Uh,
1: yeah, man, things go way off the rails.
0: But because we have just totally as a society deconstructed the natural way that men and women interact, this is now this is now a, a like it's a perverse sex thing. That's just what it is. Yeah. The only time a man gets to be a man, quote unquote is in the bedroom and the only time a woman, it's just very, I don't know. I find the whole thing is very strange, but the analysis makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And again, I'll die on this hill because this just feels intuitively correct.
1: Yeah. Now, like regarding decision-making, like there's, there's differences between the way men and women think women tend to think more about context, specific things like situations and relationships. Like real concrete terms, whereas men we're good at abstraction. Like there's scientific research on this, plenty of research on it.
0: We could okay. do a whole episode. You and I talk. We, about we are tonight. better.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 like the kind of thing. Ever Dutton will talk about is that you know, autism is sort of a, a male spectrum sort of disorder. Like autism itself is kind of a male way of thinking about things.
0: So very, is very uh,
1: abstract.
0: So is uh, where you're obsessed with like a a physical object uh. Like obsessive, obsessive, obsessive compulsion with thing like that's overwhelmingly it's men. Yeah. Um. In fact, there there are some theories that women can't be like truly neurotic and that actually being truly neurotic is a male. Like there, there are all these fascinating things.
1: Yeah. But the, the, the larger point is like we are good at generalizations, categories, the kinds of things you would ideally want in someone who's making big decisions about stuff. Somebody who's, like, looking at a whole huge topic, like a whole big wide subject and just coming up with, like, a general approach to it, an abstract way of looking at it that that lets them make the correct decision versus getting lost in the fucking weeds on, like, individual contexts and situations and exceptions and things like that.
0: Unless (laughs) – I was going to make a joke about our politics, but I better not.
1: But I mean, but but this is why you would generally have like a male CEO and then a whole bunch of female oh. secretaries.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: hey, women are better at being secretaries than men. They're better at maintaining like those kinds of uh, uh, relationships with people, because if you have to talk to somebody on the phone a lot, yeah, you probably want a woman for that.
0: God, they, I w- they love to talk. <laughs> they, you know, I, res- I resent it as a dude. I res my father. Every, virtually every man I know is this way, except for my younger brother. We all hate cell phones. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that someone can instantly get a hold of me. Screw you. <laughs> like I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not answering the phone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's the uh, men and women are specialized differently. I'm not even doing a chauvinism here. It's just the specializations tend to be different. There's, there's aggregate differences in how we, we uh, specialize, what we're good at. what what right,
0: but we, what totally, we totally ignore this now.
1: Yeah. And it, yeah, because we gotta ignore it because you gotta be a fungible economic unit. Yes, we need to make sure that there's a lot of you available to do work, so we can depress all of your wages and keep our productivity high.
0: Depressed wages, high productivity, and abuse—far uh, less but more abusive sex. Welcome yeah. to America. What, Welcome to America.
1: What a wonderful paradigm. <laughs> just,
0: the, the theme with all of our shows is like <laughs> the modern era is horrible. Let's understand why.
1: And, and the irony, wrong. the irony is like if you give women more choice, they actually will go in a more conservative, traditional track. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, there's, in, there's, uh, there's, there's this, this there's idea, this is probably not, another thing we could we could push back against this idea that if you let women make all of these decisions for themselves. If you give them maximal personal agency, you're gonna end up with like a feminist dystopia, but actually you end up with them aggregating towards their traditional gender roles to some degree, to some large degree. Raymond, as, we, as we've seen with studies in Sweden.
0: To end up with the gender dystopia, you have to give power to the people who are like ideologically invested in that. Yeah. If they if they're not if if that isn't an ideological pursuit of the state. And to be clear, it is a current ideological pursuit of American
1: capitalism. It's pushed on you. like It is pushed from the top by a financial elite. This is how they want to, to construct the world. They want fungible economic units. They want men and women to be in the workplace. And I'm sure that to some degree as well, this is part of the thing where you want to have like maximum diversity so that you can fight back against unionization and things like that. Like keeping all the workers divided. This
0: is this is interesting, and I I'll try not to spurge too bad, but there is a fascinating <laughs> there's a fascinating history of conservative parties, particularly in Britain, Canada, and Australia, but this also happened in some American states like Wyoming. Conservative parties in the West in the 1920s began giving women the vote because women overwhelmingly tended toward conservatism because we, obviously women don't like unrest yeah. and labor movement which were all men all male labor movements and labor parties tended to use unrest tactics to get what they want so yeah. conservative conservative parties were giving women the vote and I'm not this isn't a tirade against women voting women voting didn't destroy the west but there was like this deliberate process of giving them the vote because they would vote more conservatively and against organized labor interests.
1: Yeah. And I think you've got to disentangle like feminist movements from the general incentives that policymakers, financial elites would have for putting women into the workplace and giving them the vote. Cause these things they may intersect here and there, but the, the actual trajectory isn't perfectly aligned
0: no i mean you very rarely very rarely will you find that sort of feminism and other uh other interests for lack of a better aggregate term they generally didn't agree they generally weren't in agreement on exactly why they do
1: these things yeah yeah, and you can find you can find like for example like modern female leftists sometimes will make the critique of well why can't you just choose to be a housewife? Like why is that off the table? You will see this crop up occasionally.
0: Oh yeah, like, I know why, I I know of several who are Yeah. who have become very big particularly they're very big with men um for mm-hmm. making these critiques. But yes, I've I've seen that there's a cadre of female leftists who do this.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, I kind of think that a lot of the stuff, particularly regarding the role of of Jewish feminism, is probably overstated quite a bit, especially if you look at the timeline, because the Jewish feminism was really more of third-wave feminism, like the 1960s, 70s. And by that time, women had been voting for decades.
0: Right. I always – so my approach to this is always that our society has gone through cycles of feminism before. Yep. And usually what happens is we massively over we massively overdo it. And then someone comes and Napoleon is actually a a representative of this. Someone some man comes into power and he says, "Okay, we obviously uh, obviously fucked up and went a little too far. I'm going to recorrect. We but third wave feminism, the sexual revolution uh, post 1960s, all of that, which had an overwhelming Jewish influence. There's been no correction
1: yeah and it dovetailed very neatly with the boomer era,
0: oh perfectly they were heathens. yeah and which is, and,
1: and which we, really is kind of what it looks like to me is like oh well it's it's basically the late stage collapse of an empire where it enters that decadent phase, and of course you're not going to get a return back to normalcy, which is probably a kind of underlying thing throughout American civilization at this point is there is no normalcy to return to
0: that that's a that's an uh, that's a current in all of our episodes is that as we analyze you know current society and what used to be and what is whatever comes next is something we build new because whatever there was before is just gone
1: it's just too far back in the past right you would have to go back to like the silent generation to find anything closely approximating like a normal
0: oh yeah and even even as even as gen z is less sexually active sort of coming down off of boomer hedonism It's not for the same reasons historically. Right. Like it's it's a hyper reality. It is social conditions. It is not sort of a general morality. I could find no and I looked I could find no evidence that people have become uh, uh, creeping moral Puritans about sex. (laughs) I
1: I couldn't find any evidence. Well, they're calling them puritans.
0: Right, but I, I couldn't <laughs> – they're doing that based off of – of.
1: It would be what we the, would call a category error yes. to call it Puritan – creeping Puritanism. That yes. would be the category error.
0: Puritan is a category error.
1: I mean, I think it's kind of a funny slogan for it, but it's it not – it's not associated with, like, what actual Puritanism looks like. Right. Not even close. You, first of all, you'd have to have an accurate conceptualization of what Puritanism is, which most people don't know. They just think it's like some sort of like vague sexual repressionism or something.
0: Puritans had a very healthy relationship with sex.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's have, like I, th- I think most have people have are Borz's. thinking of they're right. thinking of like Quakers or something whenever they say Puritanism.
0: Those fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> we need Borzoi in here for this one.
1: Yeah, gonna- no, we're going to we're yeah. going to get into the Puritan discussion. I think we're going to have to do Puritans by the numbers.
0: We are. We're going to
1: have. Uh, by the way, I did discover something before I forget. I don't think I got this out the other day when this came up. Uh, Puritans did not wear hats with belt buckles on them.
0: Correct. That, that's a. That's a. That's a historic. Uh, yeah. That's not canon.
1: It's not <laughs> canon. They did have that hat. They did wear those hats. Yes, those, those I, I, forget hats.
0: It
1: was, I forget what it's. Called. Uh, the, the capotane or something. Yes, the Pil- the it's also known. As, yeah, it's also known as like the pilgrim hat, but it didn't have the belt buckle.
0: Yes, correct. The belt buckle is a post hoc. Uh, yeah, we sl- we slapped that on there. Respond. I think it looks better with the belt buckle.
1: Yeah, I think it looks great, but I'm it's not historically them, accurate.
0: Happy to have the belt buckle, but we're getting into uh, we've uh, we've wandered pretty far off the reservation, so I think we we uh,
1: have we have we have. I guess we got to get this train back on the track here. Um,
0: Almost out of track.
1: Yeah, we pretty much are. But yeah, so the, this this trend with the the wanting to be sexually I don't want to say abused, but dominated in the bedroom. Which, honestly, I think that this is something that a lot of guys are not comfortable with. Like, if being asked to choke somebody is not something you generally want to do, especially in this type of modern environment, where in the back of your mind you're like, "Well, what if I get choose, uh, accused of assault or something?" <laughs> right. It's really dysfunctional. Really dysfunctional. And that well, I this. Think, I yeah. also think
0: that people, most people go into any sort of sexual encounter for either purely physical or purely emotional motivations. And I I just don't think most men go into it expecting to like strangle someone. Yeah.
1: Like I yeah Cause you want to be comfortable with somebody and being asked to strangle them is like, Whoa, women,
0: women are go, women are going into this to live out a fantasy. Mm-hmm. And the current fantasy is, Oh my God, I, I, they want a man to be manly. And I, yeah. in, in the, the well, sexual uh, manifestation of that is being physically imposed upon.
1: That seems to underline a lot of what is happening on both sides. They have a a, a fantasy. They have an idea in their mind about what their partner is supposed to be and how they're supposed to act. And yes. they get upset whenever the, the reality doesn't conform to this.
0: I actually have a, a a wonderful term. I don't know if it was invented by someone else, but... if friend of mine once told me that for men when men abstract upon women it's called the extended female phenotype
1: yeah and like men, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah men are just like abstracting what they assume to be the feelings of women and women are like doing this it, it again <laughs> god society is just a train wreck Alex. i mean that's sort of the ultimate conclusion yeah so like so
1: on, on one side you have you have men trying to abstract this idea of like a a submissive virginal female who's going to be very chaste and make it, make a good mother and all of, all of the stuff. It's like, no, it's a human humans. Are, they're, they're their own kind of thing. Like each individual is different. Each individual has their own life history. They're, they're going to be their own kind of independent person. They're not going to conform. People to experience
0: living. I think is what,
1: what I yeah. said to
0: you when we talked about this before, this is, this is where people lose me. People, meaning guys, my age with this stuff, like, I have a very hard time with the demand that women essentially don't exist prior yeah. to getting into a relationship with, like, that one particular person. You know, I, again, I'm not telling you to go out and marry a single mother with three kids or something. But I, do, I, I struggle with this idea that women aren't supposed to experience living, which – yeah. They never say this outright, but it it is baked into the rhetoric.
1: Well, I mean, there's there's a lot to get into there. We can touch on them briefly, like one of the problems that a lot of us have run into is when you have the disgruntled male, the young male who has these problems with relationships. As a male, you start to think, well, okay, how would we solve this problem? And as you dig into it and dig into it, you realize this person doesn't usually seem to want the problem to be solved or they pr- or they want. Oh
0: God, yeah, we can't get into this because I have a whole rant.
1: Yeah, it's it's really irritating. But the, the solution sometimes they propose, you're like, but there's no way to do this. It's also actually dehumanizing. And you're going to find that fathers with daughters want no part of the thing you're suggesting. You're going to oh, have yeah. like you're going to have swan creature like up your ass if you actually try to create this, hey. this sort of society where you marry off somebody's daughter to some weird spurg.
0: <laughs> what is a state? What is the meme? State assigned girlfriend? Yeah, assigned wives no or whatever. one
1: wants to do that. And it's not historically a norm that's really ever existed because this no. is the other thing is people think that they think that in past generations, like everybody got married and had kids. And that's just not true. Like they're they're generally tends to be and it fluctuates sure it goes up and down there's usually a percentage of the population both male and female who go unmarried and don't have children for their entire lives it's like this is how natural selection works
0: i think the stand i think the average in the west for men was like 30 percent
1: it can be fairly and it depends it depends on like what era you're looking at uh what group puritans i think actually did marry off most of their people but
0: over ninety five for the puritans it was over 95 percent of people yeah. got married
1: but that is highly abnormal yeah yeah so you need to be a puritan like if that's what you're suggesting like the creeping puritanism is actually the right direction but yeah i've, I've seen like between five ten percent just depends on what what epoch you're looking at but that makes sense right like obviously not everyone is supposed to get married and have children There's supposed to be a certain percentage of them that get pruned out of the population that's like literally how sexual selection works and trying to interfere with that process is just not it's not feasible and it's not going to produce any kind of good outcome either.
0: Right. And I think overwhelmingly my interest is in positive social outcome.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: why I do. It's why we pick this stuff apart.
1: Yeah, State state assigned GFs for, for people who are frankly actually really weird and their problems are mostly self-created. It's just not a solution anybody wants to engage in.
0: I would get really upset if I if that was imposed upon me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to lose the state assigned GF lottery. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, especially, especially, especially if when you
0: when I know I could do better on my own. So please don't interfere.
1: Especially if you have daughters as like an adult male father with children, and it's like, well, your daughter is going to be married off to uh animesburg
0: fourteen eighty eight. The van is here. The van is here. Yeah.
1: Here. There would be an open revolt against that kind of system. Well, hell, uh, yeah, there
0: would. <laughs> and, and obviously, there's no chance of that ever happening, but it, yeah, I think it says a lot that it is not uncommon to run across this sentiment.
1: Yes, and when you have these sorts of fantasies, it kind of says more about you, and it makes people turned off on actually trying to help you when
0: you're doing this stuff. Right. I just want people to be normal. That's the
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess we I haven't really talked about you. solutions to the current problems but it's it's really obvious that trying to hammer both genders into the workplace at the same time is not something that's conducive to having a functional society. It seems to be the genesis of most of the problem here is forcing people into roles that they otherwise would not even voluntarily choose.
0: I I call it the discount man problem, which is that we have yeah. we have constructed a social apparatus that basically that basically turns women into discount
1: men. Yes. And And ultimately it it makes everything worse.
0: Right. It it turns women into discount men and it makes men worse than their potential. Like it just just destroys the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Cause I know you've done discussions before about productivity between men and women. Like there's an argument that, If you really want to arrange society correctly, you probably should just put men in a lot of these roles because they tend to be more productive.
0: Oh, massively! Now it it does depend on the specific field, but generally men are much and and no one is surprised by this. Men are
1: no one is who anybody who's married can tell you that.
0: (laughs) Men are much more productive. Literally, no one is surprised by this. Yeah. Um. And I mean, the other one I love. We could do a whole episode on male female differences but I shared this with you forever ago was the article, the Marines did the research on navigation mm-hmm. and men just totally crushed the women by a, a massive margin. The women were walking in circles while the men had been done for like an hour. Like, yeah. It just...
1: <laughs> yeah. And that goes, that goes to the sort of the, the, the problem solving is very different between men. Women are actually, I think much better at doing group problem solving than women. They oh, so that, was
0: the, that was the thing with the Marine study is, all-female groups did very poorly. Mixed-gender groups also did poorly. The only group that actually did well was the, the all-male group. Yeah. And the Marines, actually, to the credit of the Marines, they have a mountain of research on male-female differences because they were the last group of the military to lobby really hard not to admit women. Mm-hmm. So they commissioned all of this research to argue, like, you are going to fuck our effectiveness if you force us to include women. And obviously everyone knows they lost that battle, but they did try and they produced a lot of really interesting academic data.
1: So that's the, that's the other social perception that I would love to just destroy is this idea that the women, they, you know, they're better at getting along. They're better at functioning in a group. it's like, no, that is the inverse of reality. Actually, Believe it or not, God. men are better at working as a group. And if you think about evolution for a second, you would know why. It's like we hunt in packs.
0: Now, I would caveat that with one thing, which is that we actually have to be doing something productive.
1: If right. You just, if, you oh, just, sure.
0: if you just put a bunch of men in a room, all we do is, oh, God.
1: Yeah, yeah, because totally you end up mess. with a dick-waving match. But, Look at the Internet. Yeah, but if you, if you have an objective like killing a large animal – Fighting an enemy, doing a project, it, they actually work better. And the reason seems to be is because men can abstract and think in abstract ways. They can p- predict what the other male needs them to do. And yes. if you, if you've done physical jobs with, with men and women mixed together, you can see this in effect. Like you go and grab the end of a ladder. There's another male nearby. He's going to go to the other end, pick it up from the same side, and then you can carry oh, yeah. the ladder. You don't have to say a word. He will look at the position where you are, look at what you're trying to do and know intuitively what he should do.
0: (laughs) Well, the other day, the other day I was walking back, I I was walking and I thought this to myself after it happened that it, man, it was just a man thing to do. I was walking back from the grocery store by one of my, uh, uh, neighbors down the road was backing his car into the driveway mm-hmm. and I saw that he was going to mount yeah. his like stones. So I stopped in front of his car and spent five minutes doing it. we didn't say a word to each other. Not a single I just did hand signals. Yeah. It backed him into his driveway. Like it's just I don't know. We just know how to do this shit.
1: Yes, yes. And that's that's a skill that women just don't have in their brain. Nope. That's why so so often you'll be like trying to make a right turn onto a multi-lane highway. There'll be one car coming in the right lane. And they won't get over and it'll be a woman driving. It's like, can you not tell someone? Like, is- <laughs> this is,
0: I have a good one. I have a good story and we'll wrap it up in a minute here. I have a. I I was driving back from school one time. This is several years ago. And my sister calls me, she's all upset on the phone. She says, James, James, my car is out of gas. And I said, Your, well, I say, well, I can hear the car running. Your shirt's out of gas. She goes, yes, it's out of gas. It won't move. And I said, is your emergency brake on? No, my, she got all upset. No, my emergency brake is not a, so I, I drove to her. The emergency brake was on. Oh man. <laughs> and the car is running and she's like hysterical because it's out of gas. and The car is running. Like, I just, I don't know what to say.
1: That's yeah, it's wild. It's wild. But yeah, I, I think that that dynamic though of us having to evolve as hunters working as, as a collective you have to be able to silently predict what the other members of your party are trying to do.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: You have to be able to abstract. And you have to do this in the the privacy of your own brain without using verbal communication. Right.
0: Oh, man, Alex, I think think that's a good place to leave it. It's a bit of a longer show than usual, as a matter of fact.
1: That's fine. We knew it was going to happen. We don't release on a a good enough schedule anyway, so there it is.
0: We're we're getting back to it. We we got busy. It happens. You have kids, I have like a million things going on. Shit happens. All right, everybody. Thanks.
1: Later.